Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. We know that the World Health Organization keeps a short list of priority diseases, which is, you know, I'm a fan of. And those priority diseases could cause the next deadly pandemic. Most of the diseases are already known to us. Ebola, SARS, Zika, they're on the cut. But the final entry is Disease X. Disease X is used by the WHO as a placeholder to describe a disease that's unknown to medical science as uh, a cause of human infections. So, could be bacterium, fungus, or we just don't know. That's why it's Disease X. Now, according to Dr. Chatterjee, Uh, who's a researcher at the Department of International Health at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore. His quote is, it's not an exaggeration to say that there is potential of a disease X event right around the corner. Oh, no, I don't want to. I added a word. The quote is, it's not an exaggeration to say that there is potential of disease X event just around the corner. That's Dr. Chatterjee, who's a researcher at the Department of International Health at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore. Now, the recent spate of H5N1 bird flu cases in Cambodia is just kind of a case in point. (laughs) So experts believe that disease X will be zoonotic, meaning it will originate in uh, wild or domestic animals, then spill over to infect humans. Would not have be man-made. Disease X would not be man-made. We don't do that kind of stuff, right, Dr. Fauci? Right, of course we don't. So, uh, you know, Ebola, HIV, AIDS, and COVID-19. Of course, they say COVID-19 was zoonotic. Was it? Was it, though? Okay. All right. So the possibility of an engineered pandemic pathogen also cannot be ignored. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you, Journal Infection Control and Hospital Epidemiology. (laughs) Uh, So just be prepared for disease X. Another possible source could be zombie viruses that have been locked in permafrost or other frozen landscapes for centuries. And you know why those are being released, don't you? Yes, climate change. <laughs> so other priority diseases on uh, the list include Marburg virus, uh, Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever, Lassa fever, Nipah and Hentel, Hennepaviral diseases, Hennepaviral, yeah, you know what I mean. Hennepavirus. Yes, yeah, that's what I said. Hennepavirus. Thank you. That's what I said. Hennepavirus. And last but not least on the list is the Rift Valley Fever and Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. You don't want none of that. But uh, be prepared for Disease X. Something else that uh, needs to be talked about a little bit, and we have talked about uh, most of it. 30 tons of explosives are still missing. $290 million worth of anti-radiation meds have been purchased. Senators are being supplied satellite phones for emergency communications. Huh. High-level U.S. politicians will be vacationing over this coming Memorial Day weekend with their families at various 
undisclosed continuity of government locations. Huh. And Microsoft has claimed that Chinese hackers have attacked critical U.S. software infrastructure. So, not only do we have disease X, but we have those things to think about as well. So, I would say probably the best thing to do is to have situational awareness. (laughs) Uh, That's a little helpful hint from chewing the fat. Situational awareness at all times. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. A lot of fighting going on over companies that uh, we thought we used to be able to trust. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we now have the new report. It's back again. The most trusted brands of 2023. So the 10 most trusted brands in the United States. Number 10, FedEx. Number 9, the Weather Channel. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I trust them. I mean, sure. Uh, Number 8, Dove. Although... They do report on some things that they believe are climate change driven, but they are giving you the weather. Uh, So number eight is Dove. Number seven is Visa. Number six, Cheerios. Number five, Kleenex. Number four, Lysol. Number three, Amazon. Number two, the number two most trusted brand in the United States UPS and the number one uh, most trusted brand. And I feel like this has been number one for a long time. Uh, Band-Aid. Band-Aid comes in at number one as the most trusted brand in the United States. Band-Aid's number one, uh, you know, around the world too. (laughs) So good for them. Uh, Alipay, Toyota, PayPal, Google, Boots, Google, WhatsApp, Oh, Google France, Google India. Got it. Okay. Uh, WhatsApp, uh, Canadian Tire Net, Canada. Weird. And Samsung uh, are some of the top most trusted brands uh, uh, in major economies around the world. So congratulations to those companies. And boy, you see how fast the mighty can fall, though, when they do something that just ticks off their customers. Now, we haven't seen any of that, I guess, from, uh, you know, FedEx, Dove, Cheerios, Lysol, Kleenex, Visa, Weather Channel, Amazon, UPS, and Band-Aid. But it could be coming at any time. Public opinion can change, you know, on a dime. So according to a recent Gallup Knight Foundation poll, which uh, had 2,800 responses, Tucker Carlson Tucker Carlson is now the public individual from whom most Americans get their information. Wow. So Gallup offered a broad definition of public individual. Uh, Anyone who had public influence, celebrity, journalist, academic expert, show host, online influencer, or business leader. So they had a wide field of, of options. Most participants still chose media personalities. Carlson ranked first out of 900 unique individuals with 113 of uh, 2,800 respondents mentioning his name as the one public individual they watched or followed most often. Now, as I look at the top 20 
on this list from the Gallup, did this stupid poll, the Gallup Knight Foundation poll. I feel like there's a few things I disagree with, but it's their poll, so we'll just you know go with what they say. They show the top 20. All right, so Tucker Carlson obviously is number one. Number two is Rachel Maddow. Please, I, I do not believe that. Uh, Sean Hannity, number three. Eh. Trevor Noah, number four. There's no way Trevor Noah is number four on this list. Sorry. Ben Shapiro, number five. Stephen Colbert, number six. No, I'm sorry. No. Uh, number seven, Lester Holt. You know him, you love him. NBC News. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, John Oliver comes in after Lester Holt. David Muir, Anderson Cooper, then Joe Rogan. Rogan is 11th. And he's behind Rachel Maddow, uh, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, David Muir, Anderson Cooper. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe that. Okay. I mean, maybe he's behind Sean Hannity, which is questionable. Uh, You know, Tucker Carlson obviously is, you know, number one and foremost in everybody's mind. But anybody else, uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, maybe Lester Holt. (laughs) I love being a fan of Lester Holt. And I really am a fan of Lester Holt, by the way. I don't know that I've ever told the story, but I mean, I I really believe that Lester Holt should have gotten the job before what's-his-face, Brian Williams, but that was just me, which is then I became, you know, the all-knowing, all-seeing Lester Holt fan. Uh, But there's no way that uh, Joe, he's more uh, influential than Joe Rogan. Come on now. Then after Joe Rogan at number 12 and 13, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Then we get into Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Maher, Nicole Wallace, Jake Tapper, stop it, Anthony Fauci, Philip DeFranco, Barack Obama comes in at number 20. Obviously, this list is skewered because it does not mention Chewing the Fat or Jeff Fisher. I don't know what uh, what the deal is. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, I'm not in the top 20, and uh, it's, very, it's very disheartening to me uh, to not make the top 20. I would like to see the other list, though, the rest of the rest of the list, the rest of the influential list to see all who got mentioned and where they were, where they were ranked in the 2800. And so I'm sure that uh, I'm sure, you know, chewing the fat is right there. Now, I will say there could be an issue. Maybe perhaps they only talk to uh, 80 year olds. Because according to this, it said that uh, only 16% of Americans, according to this poll, uh, follow social media influencers specifically for information. 51% of Americans say they follow all kinds of public individuals for news and information on social media platforms. The two most common mediums for following are television and newspapers. Huh. Newspapers. Do they exist anymore? I know they do. Stop it, newspaper people. I know you do. I mean, barely, though. I mean, they went down the list here. They talk about cable or streaming television shows, newspapers or magazines, print or online, social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, radio, YouTube, podcasts. Okay. Uh, oh, 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 I see. <laughs> uh, their own personal website, blog, or newsletter. Okay. And uh, other was uh, was 4%. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. This is their poll, so you get what you get. Still, though, 
uh, in the top 20 is not chewing the fat. Uh, sorry about that. I'm sorry to you, the listener of Chewing the Fat, that I did not make the top 20 in the Gallup Night Foundation poll. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. You know, we talk about the streaming wars going on uh, quite often on this show. And I was looking at a chart yesterday that talked about the churning that goes on between the streamers. And according to this, on average, streaming services have been shredding about 5.8% of their subscribers every month so far this year, which is equivalent to, I don't know, 1 in 17 customers canceling. So the streamers at the heart of the merging trend uh, were worse than that, actually. Uh, Discovery Plus was down 6.1%. HBO Max was 7%. Paramount Plus uh, was 6.9%. And Showtime was 8.2%. And according to this article, uh, Netflix remained, you know, best in churn class, uh, shredding just 3% or a little bit over 3% of its subscriber base. Uh, We'll see how that turns out now that they're starting to crack down on Netflix sharing uh, of passwords. And we'll see how that works out. Uh, Perhaps I feel like shredding is going to uh, get a little bit larger for the old Netflix. Not worried about their uh, content. I mean, I am. I was just, they need to create better content. All of those streamers, Uh, they create great content, but it needs to be better. Uh, Well, at least it needs to be more. And now let's get the writers back in there or, you know, fire all the writers and tell them you don't like them anymore. You're just going to use AI. Yeah, that'll work. (laughs) Uh, That will not work at all. But uh, that's where they want to go for sure. So uh, I feel like Netflix is going to go go up or down depending on how you look at it. Uh, according to the password sharing thing. But I know it's just me. It's just me. I got it. I got it. I see where TikTok, well, it's not TikTok. It's a company that uh, gets, uh, sets up influencer marketing campaigns. So a company by the name of Ubiquitous helps brands grow through influence influencer campaigns. So there's applications out there. If you're a TikTok person, uh, you could get TikTok watching job 2.0. It's going to pay three successful applicants $100 an hour. Scroll to TikTok for 10 hours straight to help them discover emerging new trends. So the story says 10 hours straight. I might have to look at the application to see if that's actually true. I feel like that's not true. But uh, the candidates are, you're supposed to subscribe to Ubiquitous YouTube channel, fill out a form with a 50 to 100 word explanation about why you should get the job and do an optional tweet about why they deserve the job. Wouldn't you want them to TikTok it? Anyway, the tweet will fast track candidates into priority consideration for the job. All applicants, of course, must be 18 and familiar with the platform, which is weird that they have you tweeting when you should be TikToking, but what do I know? So let's see if they actually say in the application that it has to be 10 hours straight. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, they claim here that uh, we're willing to pay three people $100 an hour to go on a 10-hour TikTok watching session to help us discover emerging new trends in the field. Wow. 
uh, this ubiquitous, uh, you know, they do Instagram and YouTube. So now they're, you know, branching off to get TikTok emerging new trends. Okay, so good luck. Uh, are you willing to work 10 hours in a row scrolling through that rabbit hole of TikTok looking for emerging new trends? If so, apply. You know, so I see this story about a Long Island woman who strips and runs around the McDonald's parking lot. Why doesn't this ever happen when I'm out and about? <laughs> I mean, I'm sticking around for that. So a 49-year-old, and I don't know what she looked like. There's no photos of it. But the uh, 49-year-old Westbury woman was arrested by the police department. Uh, she was observed exposing herself in the parking lot of McDonald's. So during her escapades, a friend was streaming the entire event live. So it was a live stream event. They're looking for clicks. Good for her. So this Cheryl Ann Johnson laid down on the sidewalk next to McDonald's, pulled her pants and underwear off, then repeatedly raised her legs over her head. She then got up, pulled her shirt over her head, and still wearing no underwear or pants, ran around a vehicle in the parking lot. <laughs> she then got into her SUV, popped out of the sunroof with her breasts exposed. Uh, she was arrested on the scene, charged with exposure of a person. Man, you don't want to be charged with exposure of a person. She was released on an appearance ticket returnable to town court. According to this, police secured video of the incident so they can get to the bottom of this. They want to get right to the naked truth of this. Uh, so, I mean, it was a live stream. You could go ahead and acquire that. Uh, I don't know, a thing uh, online. <laughs> so maybe we'll see it someday. Maybe it's still out there. I haven't. I don't really care enough to go look for this because I have a feeling I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, am I going to look? Yes. Will I be disappointed? It's possible. But I just, my, my, my real question still stands. Why does this not happen when I'm out and about? I'm very disappointed about that. I'm trying to think the last time I saw somebody out in public naked. <laughs> I know it was, a, it was 100 years ago. I was working with a friend of mine as a land surveyor. He had a land surveying company and he's done great and the business is booming and he's made you know a whole bunch of money. But in the beginning, he was struggling and he needed help over the summer and I was out of work big surprise uh looking for a radio gig and i said yeah you know i'll, I'll help you no problem let's work i we were coaching soccer and we were doing stuff together his kids were playing with my eldest son and whatever but he was you know out land surveying and you know that's uh, you know you go out and about and you land you you know measure properties and you see who owns what and so i figured hey it's summertime uh it's in florida you know, you never know what you're going to see, uh, you know, out there uh, poolside while you're land surveying. So the only thing that happened, we were surveying one house, one piece of property. And while we were out back and I was standing in the middle of the backyard, you know, we were doing the measurements. And the next door neighbor uh, came out of his house naked to go swimming in his pool. And I watched him walk down the steps and then turn and see me in the backyard and shrug his shoulders and the rest of his body. And then he dove into his pool. That was the only nakedness I, I saw in my summer of land surveying. Very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. 
Anyway, follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can always email the show, ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can order a cameo from me, at JeffyJFR. That's not free. Uh, cameo is my pimp, but I'm happy to do it. Just, uh, you know, write in what you need. Happy, glad, sad, mean, whatever. And, and, uh, and I'll do it, because... That's what I have to do when my pimp tells me to do something. <laughs> Cameo at Jeffy JFR. Speaking of Twitter, how about that Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk announcement on Twitter last night? Huh? How about that? Now, I, I, it was no, I stuck around because I'm me and I am an idiot, but... Uh, the it was marred with technical glitches. Uh, Elon, uh, most of the stories try to downplay it. Like there were five hundred thousand attendees. Well, there was actually more than that. Uh, Elon's account had I, I, alone seven hundred thousand. Then there were many other accounts that spaces accounts that had thousands of people in it that were linking up to Elon's account to stream the announcement. So there was a lot more than the 750,000 that was originally there. So if I, I mean, Elon probably was pissed. He won't say it, at least not now. But man, if you are working at Twitter today, (laughs) uh, maybe even last night, uh, you probably had Elon's foot up your ass. Because uh, I, if I was Elon, I would have had my foot up some people's ass. Now they claim that there was, you know, server issues and they couldn't handle the they couldn't handle the load. Okay, uh, you know, all right, so, you know, I, I stuck around and Ron stuck around. He showed up. It was it was really good, and he spent an hour answering questions. I heard the blaze of Steve Dace ask him a question. I heard Dana Lash ask him a question. So, I mean, he was taking questions from, uh, you know, multiple people on the Spaces account. And so, you know, it was it was interesting. And I really feel like, you know, this is going to be a, a new thing. I am strange. I said this yesterday. I think that I, I find it strange they didn't use video. But, you know, okay, fine. That's, you know, you do what you got to do. But uh, the Twitter Spaces was definitely being used. And it will be used uh, a lot more. I mean, it's a new way. They can make fun of it all they want. Trump can say that it, what a disaster it was. It wasn't. Uh, it was a way for uh, all politicians and all people to reach other people rather than going to CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Although right after this, I believe Ron went on Fox. <laughs> I mean, you got to use everyone, right? You got to use everyone. So anyway, I know, you know, look, they, you know, everybody wants to bash that it was terrible and that, uh, no, this proves that they're not ready for prime time. I disagree. I disagree. I think it proves they're ready for prime time, and especially next time. Uh, you know, next time we have a, a, a huge uh, guest and announcement, uh, Twitter will be ready, right? Uh, that's you know. I know that uh, you know you always want to be ready, and that first time really, really is a bummer that it didn't go off without a hitch. But it will, it will go off next time. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure of that. So I, I felt pretty good about it. I think Elon can feel pretty good about it. I don't think that it was the disaster that a lot of people want to make it out to be. Uh, just remember that the pe- most of the people that want to make it out to be this huge disaster 
uh, have a benefit from it being a disaster. Huh. It's funny how that works, isn't it? It's funny how that works. Last week, Glenn laid out the Biden crime family's staggering level of corruption and uh, in his uh, viral special. Yeah, Glenn. Glenn Beck, you know, G-L-E-N-N-B-E-C-K. <laughs> That's something to do with this network, The Blaze. Um, he laid out, uh, he had a viral special. Uh, he laid out the Biden crime family's staggering level of corruption. The Reckoning. Uh, and during that show, he outlined a plan to finally hold the Bidens accountable for their crimes. But it requires each of you to take action in order for it to work. Head over to thereckoningguide.com, R-E-C-K-O-N-I-N-G, guide.com, right now, and download the Biden crime family dossier. This guide contains a list of hundreds of crimes the Bidens appear to have committed, as well as contact information of the prosecutors and attorneys general with the power to bring them to justice. Join us in demanding that these officials take action and prosecute these crimes. Together, we will wage a public pressure campaign so great they can't ignore us again. TheReckoningGuide.com TheReckoningGuide.com Join us in calling on these state officials to finally enforce the law. Reckoning Guide TheReckoningGuide.com So who died today? Who died today? Tina Turner. Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll has died at the age of 83 at her home in Switzerland. And apparently she was uh, pretty ill the last few years. I mean, she's been struggling. Remember, we've done some stories. Her one son died outside his home in L.A. Her other son, uh, I think, committed suicide. I mean, she's, she's had a tough go of it. Although she's still the queen of rock and roll and Tina Turner. She suffered from uh, cancer. She had a stroke. She had kidney failure. Wow. Uh, she was uh, not doing well uh, in the last few years. And she had talked about how she should have taken better care of herself uh, with her high blood pressure, which ended up giving her uh, kidneys issues because she didn't address the high blood pressure problem. She said in an Instagram post, if I had known how high blood pressure and kidney disease are connected, I would have been spared a lot of suffering all that having been said she had an amazing life uh, there was a lot of things that uh, were terrible within that life just like everyone else but outside of you know outside of the bad things it was beautiful yeah she had an amazing life so tina turner and remember i'll never forget the guy i saw on uh it was a i think it was a cnn report after a tornado came through and wiped out a trailer park and they've got the guy there with the pack of cigarettes rolled up in this t-shirt sleeve and uh <laughs> 
they're doing a live shot and you know it's terrible all this destruction and they ask him you know hey you know they ask him some bs question about how it's going and what's he feeling and he, if i'd have known i was gonna live so long i'd have taken better care of myself you know what that's tina turner's instagram post <laughs> tina turner the queen of rock and roll rest in peace she's dead now at the age of 83 also who died today who died today kenneth anger kenneth anger and i know you're saying who you don't know the gay film pioneer and unreliable hollywood chronicle has passed away at the age of 96 legendary hollywood character a visionary <laughs> i mean he was part of the international avant-garde scene uh, he reveled in the vulgar and the esoteric and the uh, last 10 years he has not been seen. So he has not been doing very well, uh, since the age of 86, but, uh, he died, uh, at his home in Yucca Valley, California of natural causes. At least they give a, is that a cause Is natural causes a cause or is natural causes what you're thinking it is. I don't know. He was 96. <laughs> so he began in Hollywood as a child back in the 30s. Uh, he filmed his one movie that got him arrested for uh, obscenity, Fireworks. Has no dialogue. It showed men flexing for each other in a bar, unzipping their trousers, lighting cigarettes with flaming bouquets of flowers. And so his movies now... Um, this along with fireworks and his other movies are revered as counterculture classics. So very, very sad. Kenneth anger, the, uh, visionary dead at the age of 96. So this is kind of a who died today, uh, story. Well, someone did die. The teen boy who died uh, at the age of 17, we, he's obviously unnamed because he's a teenager. He died in a uh, horror plunge while climbing uh, Los Angeles's largest bridge as part of a local media stunt. He was climbing the new $588 million bridge and he was trying to film a stunt for social media. Damn social media. Damn it. Damn it. But I was looking at this bridge. <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's a beautiful $588 million bridge. And it's been up for a while now. And it's a beautiful place. But uh, incredible that, you know, they just opened it up. They replaced the, I don't know, the old Art Deco span across the Los Angeles River. Uh, it's concrete. You know, it's the Los Angeles River, the concrete jungle down there but the bridge has thousands of led lights and views the la skyline and it's the largest most expensive span ever built in the city they've already been forced to close the bridge several times as it's become a hot spot for street racing graffiti illegal takeovers that drew hundreds of spectators to watch drivers perform dangerous stunts and stunts in their vehicles one guy sat in a barber chair for a haircut in the middle of the lanes. Boy, I bet you that was riveting. And another was shot on the bridge during unauthorized filming of a music video. I don't know who shot him. I don't know how he got shot, but they're filming a music video, which was unauthorized. And so I guess that means that you deserve to get shot. So the police 
Uh, the commission uh, has said, oh, that's a, that's a, that spawned a great deal of pride in Los Angeles. Has it? But it's also served as a backdrop now for tragedies such as this. I mean, now they've added extra patrols on this bridge to counter the reckless actions of you bastards out there trying to make your internet videos. <laughs> I would say uh, maybe you just uh, look at the pictures of the bridge instead of uh, instead of trying to get out there and be somebody crossing over the old L.A. bridge. You taking the new bridge? Yeah, now I'm going the other way. All right, one more, you know, kind of sad story. Uh, the band Rainbow Kitten Surprise, you know them, you love them. They have canceled the remaining 2023 tour dates that include, I mean, two concerts in upstate New York. They had scheduled to play a sold-out show at the Art Park in Lewiston on June 7th, plus a June 10th concert at Beacon Skiff Apple Orchards in Lafayette. But the band has come to a decision to put health as our only priority right now oh i mean what your health yes our health is the only priority right now one of our members is in a medical crisis to make sure that they have the time to get the proper treatment we have decided to take down the entire year of shows and turn off the lights for now we do not make this decision lightly and we know that it will result in a lot of disappointment and concern Boy, it sure does. But we are a family, and we know that the most important thing we can do right now is to get help or to get everyone healthy. Okay. So they're based out of North Carolina. They canceled uh, all their shows. Apparently, uh, the band is uh, someone that we have learned the hard way that treating illness during breaks in a band schedule isn't always effective. Uh, we'll return when we are sure that our dear friend and collaborator is in good health and that we can confidently and consistently show up for you the way we have always shown up for us. So I guess we're considering uh, our health crisis a drug issue. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing the Rainbow Kitten Surprise, uh, a little too many drugs going on. And so that's a health issue. How about uh, you stop getting so stoned before the shows? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are in a new world. Remember when rock bands used to not worry about that? I know, you just do your drugs and get drunk and show up. Sure, there were guys known for not showing up for concerts. I mean, that's... Heck, what's his face? No Show Jones. George Jones had that nickname for years because there, was, there were some days that there was just too much alcohol and too much drugs. Uh, this is the way it is. But Rainbow Kitten Surprise, good for them. That's what that's the that's where I need to be. I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of you. I'm glad that you're getting your health uh, first and foremost, and that's the priority. So good for Rainbow Kitten Surprise, and maybe maybe they can get back on tour next year once the health issue is resolved. Hopefully, the six months in rehab will stick. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Tom Grassi. I don't know if you know uh, Tom Grassi or know who he is. I've never met him, uh, but uh, he's a uh, he's a YouTuber. 
uh, content creator. And, uh, you know, he talks about sports and it's basically uh, started because he's a big Green Bay Packer fan. But uh, he's pretty good. He's got, uh, I mean, he's got almost 500,000 subscribers on uh, YouTube. And uh, he's uh, some of his videos are really funny. Uh, my son turned him on to me, uh, turned him on to me a while ago. And uh, I appreciate a lot of his work. Really good. But he's got a thing going on now called 30 and 30. And it's to raise money for St. Jude, which is awesome. And I love it. And 100% of the proceeds go to St. Jude's. But uh, the 2023 U.S. Stadium Tour, he's going to each and every NFL stadium. uh, 30 in 30. So he starts on the 30th of this month. Uh, If you're listening live, today is the 25th of May, 2023. And he starts uh, on the 30th of this month in Green Bay. Of course, that's his his mothership. And then he travels to every stadium in a month. I mean, that's a hell of a schedule. Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Buffalo, New England, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Atlanta, Carolina, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Miami, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Kansas City, Denver, Seattle, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Arizona, and wrapping it up in Los Angeles. Pretty good. That's a pretty heavy schedule. And uh, travel, man. Travel time. Because he's doing events in each one of these cities, raising money, seeing uh, seeing the, the viewers and or listeners to his show. Um, really, really, really impressive for him to put something like this together. Uh, you know, working with the NFL, working with St. Jude's, and he's working with some other uh, some other content providers and also some other businesses to create uh, some uh, merchandise. So if you have the opportunity to take a look and maybe uh, see what you can do, or maybe you're a fan of one of these teams and, and Tom and want to go out and meet him, uh, for sure, go to his uh, YouTube channel, Tom Grassi, uh, G-R-O-S-S-I, and uh, check out his uh, 30 in 30 campaign, which starts at the end of this month. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Another YouTube uh, content provider who has uh, you know, become a huge, Pat McAfee. I see where he's going to ESPN now. I don't know that we ever talked about that, but he's made a deal now where he's uh, going to hook up with ESPN. He's been uh, just on YouTube exclusively. He's a big Twitter guy. He made a big deal, made a big splash with uh, FanDuel. Apparently, with this... Uh, with this ESPN deal, the fan duel money goes away. That's a lot of money. Uh, that was a multi-year deal for like $110 million. Uh, he was still doing WWE. He was still doing College Game Day. So now I guess College Game Day is a shoe-in, no problem, because he's going to be part of ESPN. He claims the deal is that uh, ESPN will carry his show live on ESPN+, Plus, uh, ESPN, and on their YouTube channel. So we'll see. I mean, good for him. I don't know what the deal was worth, uh, but if he has to give up $110 million, I'm sure that the deal was worth a little bit more than that. (laughs) So uh, good for McAfee. I know his deal with uh, Brett Favre is over. Really funny. Uh, Favre had sued him for uh, defamation over the uh, you know over the volleyball stuff, which was just silly. We we did talk about that. The whole thing was just silly, and and so that's over with. Uh, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> he decided not to sue Pat McAfee. He wants to be friends now, and everything is all good. And I just saw the uh, speaking of Brett Favre, the guy that uh, helped write. Brett Favre's biography, Jeff Perlman, uh, strongly warned people from reading the book. 
<laughs> so Brett Favre is making friends and and winning winning is it making friends and winning enemies? No, that's not how it works. That's the way it's working for Brett, though. So <laughs> don't read the book that I helped write. That's that's a, incredible. That's what kind of guy it appears that Brett Favre is. All right, so uh, we still have the NHL Stanley Cup Finals uh, going on. We've got the Florida Panthers uh, who swept the Carolina Hurricanes. And then uh, they are waiting to see who they play. Probably going to be the Vegas Golden Knights as they take on Dallas tonight. And they're up 3 to nothing. And Dallas does not look good. Uh, sorry, they just don't. And then we have the NBA uh, championships uh, playoffs still going on. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are waiting to see who they play between Boston and Miami. It looked like Miami was going to sweep Boston. But Boston came back and won a game. So they play tonight. Uh, we'll see if Miami can finally clinch this thing. All right, joke of the day. I'm going to give you the joke of the day. It's kind of a big guy joke, but uh, don't don't matter. I saw your little comments on uh, Instagram, too, uh, about my, uh, my, my joke about Kurt Cobain yesterday. It was not a joke of the day. It was just something that I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, as I got sidelined, but I did get a comment from uh, one of my Instagram followers uh, from Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram. Your joke yesterday... My first thought was bloodshot. So if you don't know what he means by that, uh, go back and listen to yesterday's show, the Chewing the Fat podcast from 5-24-23. Since today is 5-25-23, if you're listening live. And uh, you will hear the Kurt Cobain joke that I had. And you'll get that one of the answers quite possibly could have been bloodshot. But that was not the answer so i'll talk about the blind guy that goes into i heard this joke class yesterday <laughs> and it's made me laugh all day so it's just uh you know i'll just tell it to you so a blind man goes into a restaurant and he tells uh, he tells the waiter hey bring me a fork from the bring me a dirty fork from the back and i says, excuse me it's bring me a dirty fork from the back so he brings him a dirty fork and the blind man smells the fork and he says oh yes I'll definitely have that. That lasagna with double cheese smells smells like it's going to be delicious. And the server, okay. And so uh, the next day, the blind man walks in and the owner sees him walk in and says, oh, no, not this guy again. So he goes up and he says, hello, can I help you? He says, bring me a fork from the, you know, the dirty fork from the kitchen, please. And the owner says, all right. So he goes back and brings him a dirty fork. And the guy smells, the blind guy smells the dirty fork. And he says, oh, that smells good. Yes, bring me the spaghetti and meatballs. And so they did. And it was delicious. And so the next day, here comes the blind man again. And the owner says, all right, I've got to, I can't do this. So he goes into the back and he grabs a clean fork and he gives it to his wife who's in the back cooking and says, here, quick, rub this fork on your private parts down there. And uh, she says, what? Yeah, just rub them on there. I want to play a joke on somebody. So she reaches down and rubs the fork down there and gives it back to her husband. The husband comes out and says, hello, sir. And uh, he says, yes, uh, I'm here. Just give me a dirty fork from the back. And he hands him the fork that he had his wife take care of. And uh, the blind man gives it a big smell and says, oh, I didn't know Karen worked here. (laughs) You, You can take that with you. That's on me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening.
stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.